and welcome to The First Fill. I'm Q Nguyen, Director of Content Development at APHA and your host for this segment. Before we get into Tenapreneur, let's jump into a quick review of hyperphosphatemia in chronic kidney disease or CKD. High serum phosphorus is a concern because in the setting of CKD, the kidneys fail to excrete phosphorus and the new phosphorus reservoir then becomes the soft tissues and organs, including our vasculature. Extra phosphorus causes skeletal changes that pull calcium out of your bones, making them weak. And so when you combine phosphorus with calcium, we now have the risk for cardiovascular calcification. Over time, there's an increased risk for further loss of kidney function, as well as heart attack, stroke, and fatal outcomes. A normal serum phosphorus level is about 3 to 4.5 milligrams per deciliter. For patients with CKD with or without hemodialysis, they may be asked to maintain dietary phosphorus restrictions or start therapy with phosphate binders, such as calcium carbonate or calcium acetate, cevelomer or lanthanum carbonate. All are equivalently effective in lowering phosphate. But keep in mind, aside from pharmacological options, it's important to assess the full scope of the underlying physiologic pathways involved in phosphorus homeostasis, such as the parathyroid hormone, vitamin D, phosphatonins, and thyroid hormones, among others. So we reviewed that increased serum phosphate is associated with increased mortality among patients with dialysis. And so for these patients, for these individuals, the target serum phosphate concentration is generally 3.5 to 5.5 milligrams per deciliter. Now, the majority of patients receiving maintenance dialysis who may or may not be on phosphate binders actually have trouble consistently achieving their target serum phosphate concentrations. And again, this is regardless of the interventions that have been made. And so this is really where tenapenor comes into play. Though originally developed to treat irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, it is now FDA approved as a first-in-class phosphate absorption inhibitor, indicated for the reduction of serum phosphorus in adults with CKD who are on dialysis as add-on therapy to patients who either did not respond to phosphate binders or who are intolerant of any dose of phosphate binders. It works by blocking the absorption of phosphate in the gut by hindering the sodium hydrogen exchanger 3 or NHE3, thereby reducing phosphorus or phosphate absorption throughout the paracellular pathway, which is its primary mechanism, our primary mechanism for phosphate absorption. Again, it is not a phosphate binder. Now, the FDA approval came from three phase three clinical trials evaluating the efficacy and safety of tenapenor as both monotherapy as well as combination treatment with phosphate binder therapy. Now, across the three studies, tenapenor was found to lower serum phosphorus levels by approximately 0.7 milligrams per deciliter compared to comparator groups. It is applied as 10, 20, and 30 milligram tablets and the recommended dosage is 30 milligrams by mouth twice daily before the morning and evening meals. With dosage adjustments needed to manage GI tolerability, 
That's why we had the 10 to 20 milligram doses as well, because the most common adverse effect was diarrhea. This occurred soon after initiation in 43 to 53% of patients across the trials, though most were mild to moderate in severity and resolved over time or with a dose reduction. Severe diarrhea was not as common and was reported in about 5% of patients who received tenapinero. Now, it's contraindicated in pediatric patients under six years of age because of the risk of serious diarrhea and dehydration and should not be used in patients with mechanical GI obstruction. With that, so where does tenapinero fit into therapy? It represents obviously a significant advancement in the care of patients with hyperphosphatemia, offering a new treatment option with complementary mechanisms action for our CKD patients who are on dialysis, who continue to experience elevated phosphorus levels despite other interventions. So while phosphate binders account for approximately 50% of the pill burden for many of these patients, tenefinar is not yet recommended to replace phosphate binders as the preferred first-line option. Therefore, its use doesn't necessarily reduce pill burden, but when it is used as an add-on or when a patient does not tolerate the phosphate binder, at least it's just one tablet twice a day if it is added. So be on the lookout for it. Hope you found this helpful. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to claim your CEs.